Welcome to The Sustainable Life. This is Joshua Spodak. I'm here with Jonathan Hardesty. I believe this is conversation number four. Is that right? I, I don't know. Man. I mean, we've had it's, more that we haven't recorded. We've had more. Yeah, I don't know. We've had a lot, but let's say it's four. Let's say it's the official <laughs> four. <laughs> and it's also, this is part of the demonstration for others and I'm walking you through the exercise of, now you've walked family members through the Spodek method. Yes. Well, I would say I, I did an abysmal job of walking <laughs> them through it, but I did. I did. <laughs> so you went through the steps and what, well, okay. So the agenda today is ostensibly to uh, hear how the second time went through to ask them the four questions of what motivated you and what, what did you commit to? How did it go? What was the emotional journey? What was yep. the relationship journey? And how did that go? <laughs> so like the initial conversations were good. So we were talking about things and like the the reasoning and things like that. So I had talked with my kids about, and, and it really it linked up with what we were talking about, about consumption. And because we had been talking with them about just not being attracted to screens, you know, and all of that. So that, that was a conversation that we've been having with them ongoing, like, don't put, have your face in a screen every second. You know what I mean? That kind of a thing. And you should be self, you know, regulating. And so anyways, we had all those kinds of kinds of conversations. So I, it led into a conversation about the cost of doing that type of a thing, because we tend to feel like, you know, Hey, well, I'm just, I'm on my phone or I'm on my, but we don't think about the, the cost. And I'm not even talking about the, the personal cost, which there is one, but just electricity wise, like all the servers for all that stuff. Like you can, if you just cut down on that a little bit, you know, and I was saying it will be better for you and it will be better because we won't be using as much electricity. We won't be doing this. And I mean, even on top of that, we'll pay less money per month. Electricity wise, it's like, we'll save money. That It's like a win, win, win all around, you know? For context, these are conversations that you were having with them before you and I spoke. At well, all. Is that right? I, well, I was having a conversation before we spoke about it was like I was thinking of it more with that because I mean, we've always talked to them about this. Like we've definitely like talked to them about why we're limiting them to certain times they can do certain things, you know. But it was all based on my desire for them not to become like a vegetable. Do you know what I mean? Like uh-huh. like not to become like my son would be like, you know, I always say, look at all like these kids that are all playing Fortnite and they're just doing like a passive consumer. Yes. Passive consumer. That's that's it. That's the word. Yeah. So that was what drove it before. But I had not thought about the cost of doing that as well. Like I had only thought about their personal cost. I was concerned more with their character and their like what they could achieve. And I didn't want it to sap them of their ambition and you know and creativity and all that thing all that stuff so but i had not thought about the side of that that i don't know why but i just hadn't thought i mean it makes perfect sense but it's just one of those things where you're just going through your day and you don't think about it so so anyways we had had that conversation and so they were like i said listen i said and that's just to make it clear that was before the spodic method before that was the context yes. in which yeah our conversation popped up okay yes yeah so we had i mean we had been talking with them about that for years you know since they were like six or seven, because like you said, there's it's designed all everything, like all the apps, all the games, all it's all they're all designed to create, you know, the need and then fulfill that need and then create more need and then you know just enough to and, and then you know like and so we had been talking about that with them for a while. So then when you and I, I think we talked about I specifically about the whole consumption thing. Like we might have talked about it before, but it at least stuck in my mind like a couple of weeks ago or whatever. And so that's what I talked about with them recently about well, what can we do to reduce that consumption and the effects of that. And then let's replace it with something more beneficial. So they had said, 
you know, they wanted to, you know, get on their bikes, you know, in the middle of the day and take a bike ride if they could, or, or at least take a walk or whatever. And if they see trash around the neighborhood, they would, because they liked doing that before they liked. You know. Sorry to interrupt, but were you doing that applying the Spodek method or specifically, or because there's a specific method to do it. And what you're describing is not the same thing. Yeah. So I was talking to them about that and uh-huh. we kind of like, and they were kind of not like, you know, sort of getting that particular method. So I said, well, let's, let's talk about it together. What you would, I can't remember exactly what we said, but I was trying to have them go through it like that. And they kind of weren't getting it like the, you know, and that's probably my fault, but, but, um, so then but you were trying said, to get them to go through what you do, the photic method, not them. Yeah. Yeah. No, I'm saying go through like the, the process of having that conversation. You know what I mean? And it was not, it was oh, not. So I, all right. I think, I think I see what's happening here. Yeah. I described a particular method. Right. And you're doing something similar, but not that. Okay. And you're not doing, so you're not going to get the, the, the results. Okay. Gotcha. You're gonna, if you do a different thing, you're going to get different results. Right. Right. So, cause what I'm not hearing was you finding out from them, like you're saying, okay, I don't want you to get this result when you, if you do all this passive stuff, you're going to become a passive person. I don't want that to happen to you. Right. Can we think of something you can do instead? Right. All right. That's coming from inside you. We talked about, it was kind of like a longer conversation, I guess, you know, and because we initially like a while ago had done, had done like, what does the environment mean to you? And then going, gone through it like that. Uh So this was sort of like the second iteration of that where they could actually, so I kind of, I was assuming, I guess that they like going back to that previous conversation, do you know what I mean? I would say, remember when we talked about all this and we did all this, you know, and and I was saying, then things didn't work out, you know? And so that was sort of the approach I took. I want to be very clear. Yeah. So you had a conversation where you got out from them what the environment meant to them. Yeah. That was a while ago though. Do you remember that? Like we did that initially. There's a couple of things that I didn't hear, which might've happened, but let me make sure. No, it, it might not have. <laughs> At the end of them saying what the environment means to them, did you repeat back to them what it was so that they said, yes, yes, that's it? Yes. Uh, but it was clunky when I delivered it because. Like, because I, I remember, like, I said some things, and then you clarified, like, you were like, "Well, it, like, you you led me through that and clarified that, like, as because I think I said I wasn't sure to begin with, which is what they said as well. And then you had, I had said some other things. It was a while ago, so I can't remember, but you had clarified that and walked me through it, mm-hmm. and that was where initially it probably got clunky for them. And to be honest, like, I'm, I will have to work on that. That's like because I'm not very. <laughs> Not, yeah, yeah. So okay. Yeah, you're not doing the techniques. You're not getting the results. The, the other thing right. is, all right. Let's say that you did have that. Mm-hmm. That they did say what the feelings were, and you really did reinforce it back. Then weeks later, when you asked them to come up with something they could do to act on that, did you recall those things and make it fresh in their minds, or do it again? Because there's often multiple answers that people like. They'll have the sledding hill. And then another time it'll be the apple tree. Another time it'll be the movie that they saw that. Right. I didn't recall them when I asked them again, because that could, because they were like, oh yeah, we didn't do that or whatever. And so, but I didn't, I didn't recall those things. Yeah. Okay. Then I would expect that if you do something different, you're going to get different results. That's right. That's right. (laughs) All right. So then this episode is going to be like an episode 1.5 instead of an episode two or whatever number. I mean, it's a 0.5 instead of the next one. Right. Because I propose reviewing Mm -hmm. the method. Yeah. And then you doing it again with them. And, and it, you can do it the, multiple times with the same person because people really like, it feels good for me to share what I care about. And it feels even better 
when the person I'm saying it to says it back to me without talking over me, without telling me, oh, you like this? Well, I like that. It feels great to feel understood. And I'm not a father, so I can't say what it's like, but I'm a son. And I can tell you that it's incredibly frustrating when my dad doesn't get it. Totally. And if he just wants, oh, this just suddenly got deep in my life. (laughs) If he once came back and was like, is this what you mean? Right. And when I said, no, it's not that. And he said, well, what, what is it then? I've never gotten that. In my, right. I, I don't remember that in my entire life. Right. Which is possibly why I make a, such a big deal out of this on a personal, for a personal reason. No, it's, it's good. No, it's true too. And it, it is like, and it, my son is, it's funny you say that because my son is very, like we were talking about this before, but my son's very internal. He's an internal person. So I have to ask those questions because he, and then he won't be able to, he probably gets this from me, but like, he'll have trouble expressing specifically how he feels or what it means, you know, uh, to him or something like that. So you have to help him through that process, you know? And, uh, and so, yeah, that's, that's very meaningful to have that happen, you know? And, and that's actually a good reminder for me with him, like always to just to ask that, is this what you mean? Yeah. With everyone. Yeah. It, yes. Yeah. I mean, I'd like it totally. from my dad, but I'd like it from anyone. That's right. That's right. Yeah. Like, like yeah. Ex-girlfriends, here's a reason why we broke up. <laughs> right. <laughs> I hope I did it with you, but I didn't get it back. Some I did. Those are the ones that really stick in your heart. Yeah. 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 So I think what is happening too is, so I'm like, I'm probably like more on board with what we're, you and I are doing than what my family is. Like, they're like, okay, that's, you know, that's good. That's interesting. So I'm like, there's like a, a passion difference. And so... <laughs> So I have to bridge that gap by being, by doing what you're talking about and help them to see what I'm seeing, you know, or by going through that the appropriate way. I think that in art, you know more about this than I do, but in painting, I would guess that like, I would guess that there's certain things that you have to do. Maybe if you want to get the right, I don't know what you call it. Like, do you lay down a bunch of colors at the bottom and then put the other colors on top so that you can see the underneath? Color? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's called an imprimatura. Yeah, you can do that. Yep. Mm-hmm. Now, what if I want, what if I just say I want, it's like a sunset. So I want some gold in the background with some gray in front because there's a fog. Mm-hmm. Do I got to lay the yellow down and then put the something else on top? Yeah, order matters. Order will matter. Like you can do things outside of that. You can like defy that. But in general, like, you know, people definitely order matters like the order you put it down in. Yeah. What if someone says, wait a minute, I got a paint. That's the color I'm looking for. Why don't I just put that paint on? Right. And I'll say, well, you can, but it might be more effective to do this. You know, why would it be more effective or less effective? Well, it depends on what your goal is. So in art, it would be, it would be, so let's just use that example. Like what the color is underneath you get sort of a, uh, an environmental cohesion to a certain kind of color scheme if you put a wash underneath. So like if you had sunlight like washing over a bunch of things or something like that, and you put a wash underneath, it unifies sort of the color relationships and families that come afterwards. And so instead of having to mix, to try to mix and match like everything, having a little bit of yellow in it or something, you know, that's this is like the simplified version, but like instead of having to make all those individual mixtures, you put that wash down so that it interacts with the net paint that comes after that. And creates that sort of cohesion. So doing it in that order can make your life easier, but also kind of get the effect of the light a little bit easier, if that makes sense. All right. Yeah. I mean, partly I'm looking for that 
that effect because I'm curious. And now you're making me think of these Hockney paintings. I've been trying to like figure out how the color works. And, but I'm going to leave that for later. Yes, yes. <laughs> and, but for now, I want to point out that there's an, if you want to achieve a certain effect, you have to do it a certain way. Right. It's not because someone's like, oh, you almost do it that way. Uh, yeah. It's, there's a goal that, that results. Yeah. And that's the method here is it's been refined many times. And so if you, if you deviate from that, yeah. Yeah. And I don't, I think you probably wouldn't say it's like a burden or a mess to like right. do it that way. It's like, it really works. Yes. Yeah. I think part of it is obfuscated by me and how I am because my, <laughs> I tend to like, I talk a lot and talk about a lot of different things. And so I think honestly, my family's like, whoop, like turns it off sometimes because they're like, oh, dad's got to talk about something else again or whatever. So I have to, I have to make sure that I just have to, I have to think about the way, because it, it is showing me that like, and this is always, man, this is like, it's an issue with me is my wife would even say like communication. Like I tend to do this. I tend to go around. So the listeners can't see this, but he's moving his hand in big circles. Around. Yeah. See, there you go. That's what I'm saying. See, like even that, like you having to explain to the, <laughs> to the listeners, but it's, I tend to go around a concept and like find my way back in. So if I've done that before, then I'm a little bit better at it. Like, so with art, like I've talked about it a lot so I can get, a, I can be a little bit more efficient with that, but it definitely frustrates my wife, even just when we're trying to talk about things. So I have to work on this method will, like I said, I need to kind of do it exact to the... If you do it well, you're going to be doing far less speaking than them. Right. And this is in service of them. This isn't for you, although you will enjoy it. Right. So if you're doing it with your kids, this is for your kids. If you're doing it with your wife, it's for your wife. Right. If you're doing it on a podcast, it's for the listeners. It's for the, it's for the person. I mean, I do get a lot out of it, but that's... Right. I get out of effective results. That's what I really... Right. That's what the value is, not me getting my stuff across. And this is actually frustrating for me is that there's a lot, when you and I talk, not recording, I all sometimes talk to you about a lot of stuff that's going on and like things that, yeah. but when I'm doing the podcast, it's not, that's not what the, when I have a guest on the podcast, it's not for me to spout my stuff off right. for them. Yeah. And I'm not, you know, I'm not like Krista Tippett here or, or Oprah Winfrey, but <laughs> more than before. So <laughs> Let's, I'm going to walk you through the process again Yeah, yeah. as a way of demonstrating it. Are you Good. up for a, a new commitment? Yeah, sure. Okay. So is the environment something that you care about? Yes, it is. Okay. Is enough that you act on it? Yes, sometimes? I have already. <laughs> okay. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> when you choose to act on it, what motivates you? And I don't mean what's the goal that you're trying to achieve. Right. It's what in the past has put something inside you and what is that thing inside you that motivates you? So most people, they're going to say like, oh, I want to save the world or I want to like, uh, you know, reduce carbon emissions or something like that. That's the effect you want to get. But what's motivating you? Yeah. Yeah. For me, like it, we had talked about this initially, but it was, there were a couple different experiences that I had. And one big one was, was that mountain of trash, this like monument to, it was like in our drinking water there in Pennsylvania. We had talked about that before, like that, that um, city dump. What's it called? You know, where they bury it in, uh, you know, and they the just- landfill? The landfill? The landfill, thanks. Yeah, I don't mm -hmm. know why I'm, I'm having a brain fart with that. But but yeah, so the landfill was like, not super close to my house, but close enough to where I was like, I'm glad this is downhill from my house. Because <laughs> we had well water, you know? And so that made it like, it, it just was like, because I, I felt like that that town was really, it was beautiful there. Like, like there were farms and there were like, 
animals and stuff. And then it's like this monument to trash. And so I had a real sort of like revulsion towards that. And, and how old were you then? This is as a father. Yeah, this was, this was like for the past, the past, like, uh, whatever it was eight, uh, cause we just moved here to Texas, but it was like eight years there or something like that, eight or nine years. So Sam had, was born in Texas, but we moved there shortly after that. So it would have been about like the past, like 10 years. So yeah, when I remember moving in, just being like, "What is that?" And then seagulls and geese flying around there, drinking like the trash juice, like when it on the runoff and stuff. And I was like, "This is not right," you know. How did it make you feel? Oh yeah, it totally made me feel. Uh, I kind of felt like disgusted in a way, like and kind of it, it's kind of like an eyesore in the town too. And I also felt really bad for the people that were right near there as well. I felt bad for the animals, but also for the people that were right near there because those their houses. To I felt. I'm not sure, but I, I, I feel like those people were kind of helpless because like the city kind of decided on something and now their house is sitting in the, it, literally at the foot of this trash mountain and mm-hmm. they all have well water and stuff. And I felt, uh, I felt worried for them. I think I would say worried for them mm-hmm. because I thought that there would be ill effects for them. And, and also just, yeah, I had, I just had a, sort of like a, whatever, a righteous anger for them or something. <laughs> for you them, know? like outrage. Yeah, because I because I know I know for sure they didn't want that, you mm-hmm. know. And like what happened was the city actually apparently and they voted it in and said, "Well, listen, we'll we'll take off your property tax if for the people in this area if you let us get this landfill or whatever." Mm-hmm. And so inevitably they they didn't have property tax for like whatever it was like a year, and then they of course put it back in again or something. Mm-hmm. And so they got their landfill, and then they also ended up going back to what it was. So. I think that a lot of the people there that it's a country area. So a lot of people probably uh, didn't have too much money, you know? And so they were like, Oh good. This is a way for me to kind of get a little bit more money back each month. And and then they just got like duped into it. And then now they're left with this trash mountain and, and, uh, and also the same taxes that they were paying before. So it's a bad situation. I'm curious, did any of the worry helplessness that you felt for them you were uphill from this thing, but it wasn't far from you. Did you right. worry about yourself? Or did you feel helpless yourself? Oh yeah, hundred percent. I would be like, well, what am I getting in my well water? You know, mm-hmm. I thought about that from the farms too. Like there were farms near us. I mean, what's coming in my vegetables? Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Like I thought that big time. I was like, what am I getting Roundup? Like, because my dad, my dad, when he was in Vietnam, he was in Vietnam War, and and he said someone came in and they were talking about agent orange and he said that this guy came in and told his squad later like or told like whoever it was i can't remember how he described it but he said the guy came in and it was from the government and said hey we're going to start using this agent orange and stuff like that and and uh, he said oh okay and and he said uh he said it's safe enough where you can drink it and he said everybody in his unit said then drink it then you beep 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 like they all like stood up and yelled at him and and he goes, well, it's just a saying. And they were like, you drink it right now. And and he said his like sergeant or whatever, like went over and went up to the guy and was like, drink it, drink it right now. And then like, show us like, and he's like, well, it's just, the, he's like, then get the beep out of here. He's like, you know, he's like, don't, he's like, get this away from my men and stuff like that. Cause they were like, it's, this kills plants. They were like, we can't drink this, you know? And he said, get that helicopter out of here. Cause there was a helicopter that was, uh, was next to where my dad's helicopter was and it was like splashing all over because they'd fill it with Agent Orange and these poor guys that are filling up the helicopter full of, you know, the it's tanks. Splashing or whatever. All over. Yeah. Oh yeah, just doused with it. And now we know it's Roundup. 
like literally drinking Roundup, like, oh my gosh, you know? So I was thinking that area, they just have large fields. <laughs> like my, cause my dad has effects from that. He has mm-hmm. effects from that. Like even like he went, he went to the, the VA cause he never went for a long time, but he went when he was like about 73 and they were like, were you ever near Agent Orange? He said, yeah. He said, partially. He said, somewhat. He said, it would sometimes come in contact with our crew just based on certain things. And they were like, you have all the markers for apparently like, like the, you get like cancer in the, in your ears or like the cartilage in your ears, or you get like, it's so weird. Like there's all these like real common things or something. And he got all of it and prostate stuff too, like prostate cancer and things like that. And so anyways, so I was, all of that factors into my thought process of, of what am I getting? When you're talking about those, the ones who got uh, lower property taxes for a while, I was going to joke. Oh, so now they save money and get cancer. But I was thinking, I'm not going to say that because like, then maybe that's too much to say cancer. And now you're like, and they're getting drinking Asian orange. No, no. That, yeah. That no, was just one of the most powerful stories I've heard what you just said. I mean, when oh. you said Vietnam, I was like, where's he going with this? And then when you said Asian orange. Oh. Yeah. I mean, think about that too. Drink like, it. I mean, and of yeah. course he's not going to drink it. Right. He's not going to drink it. Yeah. And they told it like they were, they had choice words. They didn't say exactly, you know, they said it military style, combat military style. Like you be, be like, you know, you drink it yourself then you stupid, you know, like they knew from like day one, they were like, so you want us to put something on it, something that kills plants in 30 minutes and you want us to drink it. They were like, no way. They were like, no way. You know, I was in Vietnam about 10 years ago, almost. And I went to the museum and the pictures of the birth defects are just inhuman. Yep. And my dad has those effects from it. Like, yeah, he's, he's, you know, he had private conversations with me when he would go, like go to the doctor and stuff like that. And he'd be like, you know, we'll see what happens. Like, don't worry your mom, but you know, there's this, this. So he's still kicking. He's, uh, <laughs> it's hard to take him down. You know, <laughs> he's got no working knees and had cancer in multiple places, but he's, he's still going, you know? <laughs> I suspect that there's a lot of other things that, like this is one connection for you to the environment, but let's take this one. Based on those feelings, the worrying, the helplessness for them, for yourself, the outrage. And I hear tinged in with that, there's a beauty of nature that was, that like, it's not like the dump is being put into some. Oh, it's like, it's like, have you ever been to Africa? Have you ever been to like Kenya or Tanzania or somewhere like that? Have you seen, so Kilimanjaro is like this thing. Where like if you're in Kenya or you're in like Tanzania or whatever, it's like it's there. It's like this like force that's in the distance and it's always there. Like at least in Kenya when I was there, it was like, you know, I could see it. Wherever I went, it was like I know what direction I can go because like there it is. It's like that's how it was in our town. It was like our Mount Kilimanjaro. It was like so when you like you drive, you it's high and you're like just in our immediate area. Of course, if you go like, you know, five miles out or something, you're not gonna see it, but like but I just mean like our town was small, like it was like Wrightsville, kind of like East York or whatever. And it's just there. It's like this thing. And so every time I would come home, I was just like, ugh. and they've got like vent pipes, you know, on it. So it doesn't basically explode or whatever, mm-hmm. you know, because <laughs> there's so much, so much breaking down, you know, and all the gases in there. And yeah, and, and the geese like lapping up that trash juice. I don't know why they're attracted to that. Like, you know, I'm not sure what the reasoning is, but. They were always at the foot of it, like where, where the water runoff was, like just, you know, like they're having three-headed babies, like those geese, you know, I mean, it's just. Based on these feelings, based on these observations, I invite you at your option, you don't have to, mm-hmm. to think of something you could do to act on those feelings. And you've heard me say this before, but I'll say it again. 
the goal is not, I'm not, I'm not saying what's the most important thing or what's the biggest thing or what will solve this problem. A lot of people think that. And if you think of what's, you know, how do I save the planet? This isn't about that. This is about acting on those feelings. And when you act on your own values, I think it, you'll find it improves your life. So if you do it, three constraints, it has to be something you do yourself. But, you know, if you want to ask someone else to do something, fine. But also that's separate. This is for you to do something yourself with your own hands that has a measurable difference. So you don't have to measure it, but just non-zero. So right, not just right. reading or watching documentaries, something new, something you're not already doing. So do you care to come up with something that you could do to act on those feelings? Let's, let's go straight to it. And let's, I, want to, I want to think of something where I can produce less trash that like seems fitting. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Last time I think you were picking up other people's trash, but now you want to reduce your own. How can I reduce that? I want to think about that. What would be the best way to do it? I think maybe I could, I know one small thing that would work would be like with whatever I drink or I'm trying to think that I was going to say like, just only use like cups and like, and only, you know what I mean? That's sort of a thing. I'm trying to think of what would be the best way to do that. Like, uh, you know what I mean? Like don't use like products that are just going to get you know, thrown in the trash is what I'm trying to think of. Not disposable like containers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Something like that. Maybe like that. Don't use only. Don't use disposable containers for anything that I do. And if you went to your trash right now, what containers would you see in it? I'd probably see like cereal boxes. I'd see like uh, we don't tend to buy water like water bottles. Occasionally we do, but not often. But I've thought about that, and I'm like, I don't want to. I, that's a big, that's one I kind of want to do. I do have like uh, like going to the gym and stuff, so we'll have like containers for the uh, the shakes or whatever, or like the drinks that we'll have, like those kinds of things. And we also have all the stuff from the fridge, you know, like all the stuff from the fridge. Like that's probably the big thing. But when when you say stuff in the fridge, what do you mean? Yeah, like whatever, like a container for eggs or a container for you know the meat or a container for. You know, like like the outside of all that, you know, salad dressing, um, vinegar, sal- yeah, yeah, whatever, oil. like mustard, paint, peanut butter, and stuff like that, or whatever, yeah, those kinds of things. They, that would take to have no containers in there. That would take, I would have a, an adjustment period, and I had my wife would, I'd have to I'd have to get her on board with that. <laughs> At this stage, it doesn't have to be no containers. Although right. I think that if you start, you will probably end up there. Right, right. But you know, at the beginning. Like vinegar, I have a lot of vinegar jars mm-hmm. or bottles. And then now I learned how to make vinegar from scratch. So like, right here, here's, well, this is the very end of it. This apple, so the listeners can't see this, but I'm holding a mason jar and it's just the very bottom. This is like a liquid. It's like apple cider vinegar. Yeah. yeah I just put apples in the, you know, I, I look up online to see how to make vinegar from scratch. And it turns out it's very easy. The first couple times I messed it up, but then, so now no more vinegar, vinegar containers. Yeah. And yeah. one by one, you know. I used to get a lot of, of peanut butter and then, you know, you solve right. that one and I solved that one and then I solved various other things. Yeah. Mustard. Now I get mustard seeds from, from uh, bulk and I grind them up if I want, or I just put the seeds in as is. Right. Nice. Yeah, that's good. Okay. Well, that's good. That makes it more achievable for me. Let me say what, like, cause I all throughout the day I'm doing like drinks and I will have like occasionally some of the, um, uh, like the sparkling water with like the essence in it or whatever, whatever it is like a uh, LaCroix or whatever they are and stuff like that. So maybe I should do that. Like just like only drink from a non-perishable or non-trash, <laughs> you know, a non-trash creating thing. Because I think that would make a big difference for me because I do that a lot. Yeah. If I hear you right, you're going to, you're going to switch to beverages that are only. Yes. That's what, it. not bottled only from the top. 
Well, I would say, yeah. Well, yeah, I would say that's fine. Yeah, I can do that. Now you can do it for the rest of your life, but for this, how long, how long would you have to do it before if I asked you to come back and share? How long would you have to do this before you could say, if I said, how did it go? You, you have a meaningful answer, not just like- Oh, I mean, probably, I mean, yeah, maybe like, I don't know, like maybe two weeks, two weeks maybe, right? Is that okay. good, you think? Yeah. <laughs> I can't answer that. I think so. I think so. I think so. I mean, we could do a month. A month would be interesting too. A month might start dipping into, because, you know, maybe two weeks would be like, eh, but maybe we could do a month because a month would be, then it would then there'd be time for like, Going to other people's house, going to parties, going to whatever, you know, that kind of thing. Facing challenges. Yeah, 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 yeah. So maybe that would be good. I, let's do that. If you like the show, I recommend acting as my guests do. It works best with someone supportive, your spouse, parents, kids, neighbors, or friends. Learn the four-step process I do with my guests and describe in my TEDx talks and do it together. You'll find yourself acting on something you care about, something meaningful. Whether you start big or small, it doesn't matter. If you care, if it's meaningful, you'll keep doing it. You'll reach big. Eventually, stewardship will feel normal. You'll wish you had started earlier. Second, I recommend donating to help this podcast at joshuaspodek.com slash donate. I promote degrowth and stewardship, which no advertiser will touch, but brings joy, community, connection, and abundance to you when you act and global change in the long run. Help us keep going. That's joshuaspodek.com slash donate. Okay, so we'll record another episode in a month of how that went. Yeah. How do you feel right now after having just done this exercise? Oh, it's good. It's good, man. I'm excited. I'm excited about it. All right. And how did you feel about the process of, of answering the questions? And It's good. It's good. Now, what do you do if I'm like not on bo- quite on board? You know what I mean? If, if you encounter that sort of situation where I'm like, eh, I'm not quite on board, you know, what would you, how would it be different? Yeah. It's kind of tempting when you teach your kids how to hit the ball off the tee for them to say, okay, but what if it's bottom of the ninth and it's the World Series. What do I do? <laughs> Keep your eye on the ball, on the tee, hit the ball right. as best you can here. Gotcha. gotcha. And you're going to start with your wife and kids. And I suspect right. they're not going to give you a hard time. Right. They might. So get the, get the experience down <laughs> and then you'll probably be able to answer me, yeah. answer that question better than I can because you'll be doing it from your own personal experience. That's true. That's true. Not that the question you're asking was like bottom of the ninth Yankees World Series No, stuff. I understand. I understand. No, I yeah, got you. It, I got you. Yeah. Like and go through it, experience it, find what the problem is, then figure out a way to solve it and not, yeah. not don't don't start with the problem. Yes, and start with easy yeah. people. I mean, if you right. if I mean really if if like what I say if you get that and someone's really giving you resistance, say, oh, let me come back to you some other time and just yeah. drop that one and go back to easier ones, like people who are supportive, non-judgmental. And yeah. So that's the way that you feel now is how they will feel. Right. They'll feel excited. How did you feel about my was it probing too much? Was I talking too much? Was I talking too little? Was I? No, I thought it was good. Yeah. Yeah. I don't feel, I mean, I, I like I'm, I was familiar with it before. I'm trying to think of back when the first time you did it, I definitely felt like I wasn't sure I could feel myself at first wanting to thought, thinking that you had an answer that you wanted me to give. And so I was like trying to reach for that answer or something like the initial time we did it, not this time, but the initial time. I was like, I'm not sure what he's driving for. You know, what's it? You know, that was sort of my thought, my thought process. I'm like trying to figure out, like, what's he, what's he trying to, you know? And then I was like, oh, he's just, he just wants wants me to answer. (laughs) You know, you know. So I felt like that. The way to get that across, I mean, what my strategy there is: almost everyone has been ambushed before. Almost everyone has been like, what do you think about the environment? Oh yeah, well, you know, right. Oh, you think you oh you think you can just eat a little less meat? Well, you gotta stop completely. Here's why. 
So I, I've come to expect that people expect that. And I probably do that without realizing it. Or maybe sometimes when I indulge in, and do realize it. In any case, <laughs> when I'm doing this method, then my goal is to avoid doing that. And so right. asking supportive, non-judgmental questions, clarifying, confirming questions is usually the main thing. Is like the big like I I went out a bit on a limb when I said the feelings you have toward them of, of worry and helplessness, do you also feel that yourself? That was, I kind of guided you more than I normally would, mm-hmm. but mainly I'm asking you to explain yourself more, not, right. but it's not, I won't say explain yourself more because that puts them farther out on a limb. Right. It's really just, did I understand you right? Let me see if this is, I, I hope that's what I did. And after you ask enough confirming, clarifying questions without injecting yourself or imposing yourself onto the other person, I think they realized, and tell me if, this is what I say to others, and tell me if this is the case with you, that at a certain point they realize, oh, he recognizes there is something really important, and he really does want to hear this important thing that I have inside me. Yeah, yeah, totally. I think so. You know, it's, I think there can be like a, like a, if it feels too formal, like in a way too, that can be something that makes it feel like it's like you, like it's not genuine. You know what I mean? Like if it feels like it's too formal, like for someone like me, I think that can be something that happens. So I'll be like, you know, can't we just talk? Why do we have to have this formal sort of thing? You know what I'm saying? Like, I think about that sometimes as well, just based on my personality. But because the format, like if, if like, so if somebody's like, basically what I mean is like, if somebody says, we're going to have a conversation now, this is what we're going to do. And then we have that conversation instantly. I'm, I'm kind of like, okay, this is like very formal. And for me, it feels more uncomfortable for whatever reason. I don't know why. So I'll be more likely to think that someone cares less in that situation. Does that make sense? Yeah. The as with any performance art, rehearsal practice is what makes it. The listeners didn't hear this uh, before we started recording. I think I think it was before we recorded. You were talking about guitar chord progressions in pop music. It's always like yeah. one six five four, whatever the or yeah, uh, yeah. whatever it was. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So if someone goes up and it's like, "Oh, here's the I'm going to play these chords in progression," I bet you'll like it. I don't know. Maybe it might be interesting. When I go to see a band perform. Yes, they have that structure, but if it's done well, right. that's the structure that... That's right, yeah. I'm seeing them performing, and that's right. the structure. Like when right. I read a Shakespeare sonnet, I'm not reading, oh, it's the same meter and rhyme right. every, every right. time. I'm, I, I get that that's a structure he's working with, yeah. and he's coming through, and there's an art. If he's just putting random words in random order with no rhyme scheme, I mean, there's a different thing that's like more modern, but... No one looks at Shakespeare and is like, how uncreative, right, how right. formal, how, how little of himself I see in this because he's following this particular structure. Well, some people do, unfortunately, and they do the same thing with paintings, but I, I know exactly what you mean, but, but I agree with you 100%. So you'll be formal the first couple of times. That's right. not, the goal is not, the goal is for you to... It's the same. It's like intentional. Like you have to be, when you're an artist, like and you first do, it's like, like everybody, you tell them like in composition, you have to put shapes one over top of the other or whatever, something like that. And so then everything will be completely separate in a composition and nothing touches and everything. And it's very clunky at first when people first, you know, create a composition. You're like, well, that's the right concept, but you can be more subtle about it than that. You don't have to just, you know, <laughs> it's that same sort of thing where it's like, assume it would be like playing a song instead of playing the notes like da 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 like they go da 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 and they're like what's wrong i'm playing all the notes you know it's like well yeah but you're playing it like <laughs> you know, like that 
So it's how you do it. If it's inevitable that the piano player or the painter starts that way with a composition, right. you will also start that way. Right. And then it'll go away as you emerge through it. Yeah. All right. So now, just before we recorded, you had said, the kids didn't do it. The people aren't responding. Right. I think it'll be different now that there's a specific structure that you're going for that is not the end point, but liberates you to have these conversations. Right. I mean, did you feel that way when I was doing it with you just now? You, as you, you know that I've done that hundreds of times. Right. Exactly. Yeah. No, I'm fine now. The first time though, it was like, it, because of my personality, I don't think it's anything that you're doing. I just think because of my personality, when all when the conversation becomes more prepared or formal or something, I start to feel uncomfortable. It's just like something that I don't like, you know? Well, that's everybody. If I'd asked you the weather, that might be formal, but you're like, oh, that, that doesn't matter to you. Right. Everyone feels that way. But what yeah, I'm saying, so, yeah. you're talking about something slightly different. I'm not saying, did you feel uncomfortable talking about what you cared about? I'm saying when I, well, in this case, I'm saying, I'm asking, when I did this whole process with you, did you feel like I didn't care? Oh, no, I didn't feel like that. No. See, definitely not. That's how well the process is because I didn't care. <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> right. <laughs> on the contrary, that's so good. On the contrary, I actually, <laughs> these things are some of the most. That it's really my favorite part of the podcast is when people answer that. Right. Especially, in, I mean, in this case, we, the Vietnam story was like I like I wish people could have seen my face. Yeah. I, I don't know what my face looked like, but it could have felt my heart when you're saying it. I'm sure they felt it too. Crazy man. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, and and that stuff comes out. Mm-hmm. Everyone's got these personal experiences. Sometimes in your case, it's, it's this revulsion, this re- repulsive, whatever was going through the heart of Dow and DuPont and whoever in the army that what they were doing and saying it's, well, you can drink it. And other times, more commonly, when you do this exercise, you'll get the same magnitude of emotion, but they'll be talking about sailing across the ocean and mm. never having seen the stars like that before and feeling their right. place in the cosmos. So it's, Similar magnitude, but it's often more wonder or oneness or a divine feeling. Mm-hmm. And here's a challenge that you'll see sometimes is people will, people who are very protective, I think, is they'll tell you very abstract things. They'll give you lots of statistics about how many people are dying in some right. country and they'll talk about right. how, but it's not them. And then you can tell because it's not really connecting. Right. And it would be easy to get to do what most people do and be like, oh, yeah, that is happening. It is terrible. But that's not, supporting them that's both indulging in outrage yeah i know what you mean it's just the other side of it's the other side of that coin so you're not mad at them but it's the other side of that coin where you're still kind of staying distant from that person but you're you're not talking about them you're talking about the other stuff like you said statistics or whatever yeah 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 dave Chappelle said it once on, on inside the actor studio he was like most people he goes, most people are trying to avoid a real, genuine feeling. That's true. And he goes, I'm probably doing it right now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, comedians are known for that. You know, <laughs> We try to avoid these things, not because we want to, but because it's safer uh, for various reasons. Right. And this invites people and gives them the opportunity to share it in a supportive, non-judgmental context. And it feels, I find it feels really good. I wish people did it with me more. Yeah. Not necessarily on the, envi- on the environment, also on other things. Right. Well, you can call me, man. Call me, you know? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> We've talked about a lot of things, you know? Like, because I mean, yeah. we, we have different, we have like probably, I mean, I don't know, maybe, I'm not, maybe not as much as I would think, but I would say 
people looking from the outside would say we probably have radically different worldviews, you know, maybe, maybe not, you know, but we were able to talk about things. And that's what I was saying beforehand too, is like, there are certain people that I can have conversations with where, you know, it's, I can actually say what I'm thinking, you know, and not feel completely penalized by that, especially if I can rewind it and say, uh, you know what? You're right. Like, let me clarify that. Like, that's probably not right. Let me go back. And I need that because I'm, I tend to be like a fishing sort of communicator. So I'll, I'll say something. I'll be like, wait, no, let me reel that back in a bit, you know? And this is what I actually think like this and this, you know? And so I, I like having those conversations and it needs to be a situation where it feels like that to me. Cause I, otherwise I'm like, okay, well, if you're just going to get mad or react or whatever, or not, not, uh, like I, we can't really have a conversation, you know, or if you're talking to somebody like that and they're not invested at all, or they're not, they're not revealing anything at all, then it's, or if you're not being vulnerable at all, I guess it's, it doesn't, uh, it doesn't really work. I don't really like small talk either. I don't really like the chat about the weather and I'm not really that kind of guy. <laughs> the evolution of this technique is long in my life. I'm going to tell you a couple big things because people are listening it's one application of, of connecting with people meaningfully in the area of the environment, which is a place where people almost across the board care. And so it is deep, meaningful things. And they do feel vulnerable about it. Yeah. But going way back, there's this one time, this, this one friend of mine, KJ, he's like, Josh, I've known you for years. This is in college. I've known you for years, but I still don't feel like I really know the real you. Hmm. And three other people, so he was among three people who said almost the same thing within a couple of weeks of each other. Interesting. And I guess it's not memories of memories, so I don't really remember exactly. But what I the memories of memories are that I felt like, well, the common element here is me and this problem because hmm. I don't want people to not know me. Right. So that was one thing that began years and years, decades of, of how to, what I would now say is be more vulnerable and, and be more available and, and connect with people more, which led through my leadership classes in business school, then through learning attraction and dating and seduction. When I dove into that after reading the book, The Game, and then in coaching and, and in teaching leadership myself. And a big thing happened was one of my business school professors after business school, after I already graduated and I was running my company and he was helping me. And there were times when I'd heard the advice before, like when someone says something to you, say back to them, let me see if I understand you. And I think that's stupid. They just told me like, isn't that going to be annoying? And maybe people had done it with me before, but I don't remember, but I do remember times when I was trying to say something to him, uh, Michael Preston, Professor Michael Preston. And at least one time he came back and I was like, wait, I'm not sure I understand you. Let me see if I understand you right. Is this what you said? And I could identify, oh, that's what people told me to do. And I also noticed in myself, oh, he didn't get it quite right. I do want to explain this more. And I explained it more and fully, more fully. And there was a greater sense of understanding. It felt really good. And I was like, oh, there's something more here than just this stupid thing that, I, that what I saw before. And so that was like a big step up in recognizing how you make the other person feel and so forth. And so mm -hmm. I have this leadership book that based on the course, which teaches people like unit four of the book, unit leading others is largely based on a lot of it uses this in, in how to make the other person feel and accessing what they really care about and then enabling them to act on what they care about. And that's what I'm doing here. It took me a long time to realize this is simply effective leadership applied to the stewardship, to the environment. So I mean, if you want researches and research and studies and things of, of tests of this technique, it's out there, but I don't find teaching people theory helps them practice it. Whereas if they practice it, then they'll get it. So 
this is all background to say, I'm not just, hey, here's something, give it a shot. It's like, right, right. It's based on Ivy League business school leadership stuff, and but also, also real world practice, and you know, from seduction to mm-hmm. coaching executives at really top firms and teaching students at elite schools, and mm-hmm. and so it's as tried and true as. I forgot the name of that technique. Impress. I want to say chiaroscuro, but that's something different. What was that technique? That yeah, chiaroscuro is the... Uh, oh, imprimatura. Imprimatura. That's like the fancy word for like an underpainting. I just call it an underpainting. But like if you're the classical guy, it's the imprimatura. <laughs> and when you teach it to someone else, you're not just like, hey, here's this little trick I figured out. Right. It's right. Here's this thing that people have refined over, over right. millennia or centuries right. at least. Right. Uh, centuries? Yeah, yeah, centuries probably. I would say like definitely with underpainting. I mean, maybe they did that on caves, you know, they did an underpainting maybe. <laughs> you know. I associate it with with Vermeer or or um Rembrandt, but maybe it's before that too, I don't know. Yeah, I think it was probably before that. They might have, you know, they might have done underpaintings on even on Egyptian stuff, maybe they did, like for the skin or something, I don't know. I'd have to look into it. That. That's interesting actually, maybe. But it could be long. It could be bigger than that. Yeah. <laughs> but I know what you're saying. I know what you're saying though. Yeah. So hopefully you felt, even though you knew, whether or not you knew that I was following a specific technique right. and a structure, that I don't care. Like when I meet someone, I don't care the structure of our conversation. I care about the person. Right. So if there's a structure that works, fine, great. Right. As long as it gets me to that person yeah. and, and they get to me. Yeah. So yeah, it's a structure that works, uh, but it's not, that's not the point. That's right. ultimately the point is for them to feel comfortable sharing these things. Now, have you encountered anyone, because you're talking, you always talk about aligning people with their values. Have you encountered anyone that's like, I don't give a crap about the environment and I like, and just like says, well, there was, says that. There's one big example where John Lee Dumas was an early and uh, guest where I said, you know, what does the environment mean to you? And he goes, really? At this point, really not that much. Interesting. And I was like, whoa, like not caring. At that time, it was called Leadership in the Environment, the podcast, not yeah. The Sustainable Life. And so, how could he, like, he knows what he's getting into. Right. But what I felt at the time was it's a little too quick. And, and he goes, what should I care about? And that to me was an invitation to debate. Right. And so I didn't go for that. Yeah. Instead, I asked him confirming, clarifying questions. You can listen to the episodes yeah. if you want. But pretty soon, I, I think that he interpreted the question to mean, uh, do you believe in climate change or mm. something different than I was asking? Right. And when we spoke more, he talked about a beach near his home and he would pass by after his jogs and he could see the litter on the beach and he cared about that. Right. So I believe that everyone has something that they care about. Yeah. Yeah. You know, everyone's got a kid with asthma or, you know, they've got litter on their lawns. Right. Unless they're a sociopath or something they they're going to. Yeah, you're right. Yeah. So they might not hear what you asked or they might answer something different. Hmm. There are few that I haven't been able to get to something Oh, there's one, the guy who now hosts the, um, the Italian sustainable conversations in Italian, whatever it is, conversazione, sustainability, okay. or, I, yeah. I can't say yeah. it. When I first asked him, I was like, what does the environment mean to you? And he would talk about very abstract, like he's talking about islands in the Mediterranean in a very disinterested way. I'm like thinking to myself, this sounds like very beautiful stuff. Right. So I couldn't really get emotion out of him. Hmm. I couldn't find emotion. And I think we might have left it there, or we came up with something that was like he was going to pick up litter near where he was in Turin, which is not even on the Atlantic, uh, on the Mediterranean. And nothing really clicked with him. But then months later, he started opening up more and realizing, I think he wasn't feeling judged or, or like 
probes. And he started sharing much more. So I think it's there with everyone. Mm. I don't know if we recorded those. I don't think we recorded those ones where I was like, not hitting a brick wall, but just, I felt I was hitting protection. Like right. I did not want to get to this. Right. There's another one I just had recently. There was someone and he, they didn't get a result. He, he started doing it. I asked him with the, who was it? There's someone I asked, you know, what's the environment you? And they, they came up with something. And I said, do you care to act on it? And they came up with something that I'm pretty sure they'd thought of before and wasn't related to what they talked about. So a lot of people, they'll quickly say, okay, I'll go without straws for a week. Right. So if you, sometimes you could tell it wasn't, it's not connected. Right. So I had the person on later and said, how did it go? And he was like, oh, I didn't really do it. Yeah. And I was like, you know, I think when we did it, I was, it sounded like what you were talking about wasn't really connected to where, what you cared about. And I think if I remember right, that was the case. Now I wish I could remember who it was because it's, it's all recorded yeah. and, and posted somewhere. I mean, posted on the blog, on the podcast, but I'm not sure which episode. And you got to be careful that sometimes people, that's why I describe often their first answer to what does the environment mean to you? They'll give a cocktail party answer. If they're talking about Bangladesh, if they're talking about um, some documentary that they saw, but didn't live themselves. Right. It's a very different tone than what you shared. Yeah. To see a movie about, bigger mountains in New Delhi and they're far bigger, whatever the sizes of that one. Right. The ones right. in New Delhi or outside New Delhi are much bigger and they're bigger. They're hurting more people, but if someone's just talking about in a movie, likely it's going to have less emotional magnitude than your experience with you. Well, I think people will even be chastised like for saying what I said. So like, I think in it with the wrong person, like if they were to ask me, what do you care about or whatever? And I said, well, there's this landfill in, you know, York, Pennsylvania or whatever. I could see a lot of people chastising me saying, well, like there's a huge mountain of trash here or all that, you know, like, like how dare you talk about that? You know, that's nothing compared to that. Like I could see that happening. Yeah. So that's, that's why I think a lot of people come back with this cocktail party stuff is because Mm -hmm. they expect that. And that's where your technique comes in of confirming, clarifying, Maybe there is stuff going on in Bangladesh that's much bigger, right? But that's not in that person's heart. And right. this is not the question. Is not what's the biggest thing in the world. The question is yep. what do you? What's in your heart? Yep. And so you're going to be doing this with your kids, with your wife. I presume you care about Bangladesh, but you have a deeper connection with your son's hearts. Yeah, and I don't know. See, I don't even know. Like, I don't even know. Like, I mean, I, I, I know what you mean when you're saying those things, but that's the first time I've been I've encountered that info. You know. So I didn't even know about it. So it's not, I didn't even have the, like from, from my own fault or whatever it might be, but I just, you know, so that's the first time. So I, I couldn't even care about it because I didn't know it was there for whatever reason, you know? So I'm sure there's like 8,000 things that I don't know about too, that, that would appall me as well, you know, which, you know, see, that's the thing. Then you start taking the path and you start taking the journey and all that stuff kind of opens up to you and you start realizing, I wish, I do wish that there were more examples of these types of conversations. I really hope, because I think you're the person to do it too. I really think in the news and in political discourse and in things like that, like these kinds of conversations could happen because it's so divisive. Like what I see now is like so divisive and it's like us, especially from coming from the evangelical community, there's a whole group of people that are very much like, they don't like us, you know. I could imagine if someone who knew this technique and had connection to that community. <laughs> if 
only there was someone like that, someone could really achieve exactly what you what you were talking. What's so funny? <laughs> hey man, I'm ha- I'm having conversations. I am. We'll see where this I goes. Am. I'm talking, but with whoever whoever wants to have them, I'm having them with them. You know, because it is. But you know, that was fascinating. That article you sent me. That article you sent me from. Uh, it looked like. Were they like, it was like, a, like an Anglican church or something? Or what was that? Oh, the guy in North Carolina. Yeah. Um, yeah. Hardinieri. I don't know the denomination, but it was an article in The Guardian about Scott Hardinieri, yeah. who is using faith to work on uh, climate issues and, and environmental issues, but also other issues as well. Yeah. So, yeah, because I remember when it first, when people first started talking about climate change, my cousin is a chemist. And I asked her, um, and she's really, she's always been super smart and everything. Like she would memorize things when she was like four years old and stand up and recite them and everything. She was, she's always super smart, but kind of like streetwise too. She's very streetwise too. And so I asked her when it first started coming up in the conversation, this was a long time ago. I said, well, so people are talking about whether this is real or not. I was like, what is it? You know? And she goes, yeah. She goes, the data points that way. And this was like when it was first starting to come out as a big conversation, I think like I don't even know when that was. What was that? Like like 20 some years ago or something like that? Or the 80s is when it was first front page news on the New York Times. Okay. So, so it might've been a little bit after that, that I got to it, but but maybe like late 90s or something like that. And maybe it was even in the early 2000s, I guess, because I was behind probably. But she, I remember her saying, oh yeah, you know, the data says this and this and this. And I said, well, explain it to me. And so I was like, oh, okay. And so like for me, she was a chemist and she said that. And I was like, okay, well, I, you know, I agree with her. Like, you know, she said, what do you think? And I said, well, I don't know. I said, what you just said sounds right. I said, I don't know what I said. I can't think anything. I said, because I, she's like, do you, do you uh, like believe in it? And I was like, well, I mean, I, you know, like to me, I was like, that's a weird question. Like, do you believe in it kind of a thing? So, but then something happened in that period of time. Like I remember talking to other people and it was like a, it was like an us versus them sort of, mentality and it was like well they're lying about this and then it was all this you know it got totally obfuscated in the period after that that when i started talking with people and there was no conversations like this happening where people were open to actually really think about it you know what i mean so they were almost like preconditioned to when this conversation came up to say like one of three things and then and like repeat those and then everyone gets in the dance that they've been in before right they, they have yeah. So the goal of this is to, and I'm glad to hear you saying, oh, I hope this comes out more because the goal in this is to have right. meaningful conversations that lead to yeah. self-directed action. All right. We're going to have, now we have two more conversations to follow up this one. Okay. One is in a month to hear how it's going about the avoiding, what, what, what is it specifically? We said beverage. That's what we were saying. Yeah. So you're going to avoid beverages and containers. Yeah. I would like to, I would like to like that. It's overwhelming to think of like swapping everything all at once, to be honest. Like, so your methodology, what you're talking about of going through bit by bit, I I like that. I like that. And like solving the problems one at a time. Um, so this one, we were talking about doing the, for me, the beverage one, like that's, that's one that I lean on a lot. So that's why I was, I was saying I should. Yeah. Mm -hmm. All right. So we start with beverages. And then uh, we're going to have another one, which is because now you've had the technique another time. So right. you can do it with your kids following the technique and, and your wife and whoever, whomever else. Right. Not like, hey, remember a month ago we had this conversation that right. might have gone this way or might not have? Yeah. Not that. <laughs> yeah. You can have those conversations. <laughs> you can refer to them. But you're going to do this right. technique step by step. Yeah. Yeah. 
And can we schedule again in a week? Is that enough time to do it at least a couple of times? Let's do two weeks. Let's do two weeks. Okay. And you're going to test it. Like you're going to follow the structure, not because I'm like trying to impose on you, but because I think it'll work. And I think you'll enjoy it. I think everyone will enjoy it. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. Okay. I'm sure there's plenty of other things to follow up on, but <laughs> those are the big ones. Yeah. Uh, yeah that's oh, right. oh, yeah. Here's a question I wanted to ask. So you were, in your approaching other potential guests that you and I would co-host. Yeah. Yeah. I think that having a structure to me makes it much easier to have these conversations because we're not like fishing. We're right. And does it change how you would approach other people as potential guests? Uh, having the structure you're saying? Yeah. Maybe. Yes, probably. All right. Keep that question in mind as you speak to your kids and it, because I predict you'll have a different experience with them. I think it's more likely that you'll get the results that, that, you'll get the results from them that I've gotten with you Yeah. of you did pick up garbage. You did like it. You did spread it with your kids. And I think that they'll have that experience and they'll feel gratitude toward you. Yeah. And I think when that comes back to you of like, Oh dad or husband, you you've brought this out of me. I'm really glad. What, what can we do next? Yeah. Then I think you'll feel like, Oh, I want to bring this to others. Mm -hmm. But if they come back to you and they're like, well, I started it, but I didn't quite get it. And I don't really know. Bring that to others. Doesn't sound very appealing. So if you get the results, if you don't get the results, we'll see. But if you do get the results of them feeling gratitude and, and, and sharing it with others, spreading it, I see how you start feeling about doing it with yet other people that you don't have the connection with that you do with your family. Yeah. Well, I might, I might try to shoot for doing it with someone else that hasn't done it too. Like, because we're kind of all doing, like, I might really try to nail down one of my friends or something like that. I think that might, cause that would be better for me to like, work through the methodology from square one. You know what I mean? Um, I might do that. Well, we'll see. I'll let you know, but I'll still take them through it if I can. But I'm, I'm, I might want to uh, try it just like doing, because that will be, I want to see from square one, you know? I want to see well, that, in, you know? In creative endeavors, tell me if you've learned otherwise, but quantity is the route to quality. Right. Do it them, do it all over the place. That's right. The methodology, yeah, you get the method, you get the method, and then you, you work the crap out of it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> all right anything to wrap up this episode with no i mean no it's awesome man it's good it's good yeah i got nothing i mean i, I like it i like the conversation so yeah me too nothing to tie in a bow i don't think we, I think yeah. we did it you know <laughs> all right so we'll hang up now and then we'll schedule for two weeks and a month from now sounds good all right cool talk to you again soon yeah awesome thanks man how many people are bringing a message of joy from what everyone calls saving the environment, but I call the future? Step by step, this podcast is creating a culture of joy, community, and connection around sharing and acting on our environmental values. Again, there's no profit in buying and wasting less, but we'll all love our lives and relationships more when we do. I can use your support. Please donate at joshuaspodick.com slash donate. Again, that's joshuaspodick.com slash donate.